Oh, what a vision that we just heard the night that Christ was born. And see the people coming from every nation. Oh, God, help us to see that vision. Help us to see you now. That what was then is the now moment. The moment to be with you. To see you. To hear your voice. To know that you are real and alive. Emmanuel. God with us. And help us to hear. Help us to again hear those trumpets sounding your praise, your joy, your life. May your vision come alive in each of our hearts. In the name of Jesus, amen. I don't remember exactly what I said. I'm not even sure what prompted what I said. I'm not even sure how old I was when I said it. It was somewhere between age 6 and 10. But I vividly remember the response to what I said. And I vividly remember who responded. And no, it wasn't my mother. I, I wouldn't dare tell a story about my mother with her sitting here on the chancel. But, uh, <laughs> but we do welcome my mother today all the way from Idaho. She is here to help me pack and, uh, and move, and it's been a tremendous blessing to me. I'm not sure how much a blessing it's been to her, but uh, it's quite a, quite a task. But I wouldn't tell a story about her, but I will tell a story about her mother. Because when I said what I said, Mima responded. It's a response I will never forget because she came to me with a bar of soap. And with that bar of soap, she extended to me an invitation. And actually, no, it was more uh, a command. <laughs> you will take a bite of this bar of soap, and you will brush your teeth with this soap in your mouth. And you will always remember what you say and how you say it. Now, neither of us knew it at the time, but my grandmother was a prophet. She was a prophet in the spirit of the prophet today from the Hebrew scriptures, the prophet Malachi. And in that moment, she was living out that scripture from Malachi 3.2. She was fulfilling the prophecy that says that day will be like a launderer's soap. And yes, it happened right here in my mouth. Now, I don't think she took that bar of soap and thought she was making a theological statement. She was just being practical. But she got her point across, and I have never forgotten it. She was basically saying, Dwayne, know who you are. And who you are is partly determined by what comes out of your mouth. Who you are and the world around you to be created will happen through what comes through your mouth. You will either be 
a peacemaker or you will be one who causes dissension and hurt. And it will happen through what you speak. Speak the truth. Know who you are. Who are you? Yes, you're a beloved child of God. But you are also called ultimately to be a prophet in the world. To speak truth, to speak hope, to speak peace, and to speak love. That is our call as God's people, to live from a place of fullness and life. And sometimes the lessons on the way are memorable. And sometimes the lessons on the way are not comfortable. We remember who we are as messengers and prophets by remembering who God is. And in this particular scripture, the prophet Malachi is reminding the people of that time who they are. The prophet is reminding them that they are a people of the covenant. And reminding them that sometimes we find ourselves off track and we need to get back into alignment with God's vision of us. To begin to live the vision that we're called to live. In verse 3, the prophet says that one will preside as a refiner. And that's what Mima was doing with me. She was presiding as a refiner. <laughs> Reminding me to be that one called to offer peace and love. So what happens when God's presence refines us? Refinement is first of all about removing the stuff that weakens us. Refinement is about removing that that gets in the way. And one of the questions that the prophet was asking the people of that time was this. What needs to change in your life for you to get back to the covenant, to get back to the wholeness of relationship? What do you need to change to come to a place of health and wholeness in your life for your relationships to be back into a place of peace? Malachi is actually the Hebrew word for messenger. So the call to us is to come to a place in our life where we become messengers of the Most High, messengers for peace in our world. God's presence refines us, and it may not always be easy. And yet this refinement, it strengthens the substance. The scripture here refers to this refining of the people that they may be like gold and silver. The call, again, is for us to reveal with clarity God's handiwork and touch on our hearts and on our lives. God has created us with dignity and beauty. And this refinement process takes us back to revealing who we really are. Refinement is about a restoration to health and wholeness to the fullness and abundance that God calls us to, to spiritual maturity and vitality. Now, scriptures like this oftentimes encourage us to get back on track. But the tendency is that we sometimes like to take control of that. We make our to-do list. We make our call and our goal to better ourselves. And we move into this kind of do-it-yourself mentality. The truth is that we are not in control. 
We are reminded of that again and again and again. I'd invite you now to hear this description of God's work of refinement in us by Seth Borak. God's promise of covenant restoration happens outside of our control. It is God's promise and God's restoration. It will happen in God's ways and whether we are ready for it or not. What might be refined? When God's promise spoken through Malachi is finally fulfilled, what will look different in our church, our world, our lives? One word of warning. This text is not an occasion to point out all the things that they are doing wrong. Rather, we are the ones who are going to be refined. We are the ones in need of refining. Look inside. Look inside yourself. What will God's refining look like? The promise of this restoration and refining is sure. It will happen. And it will happen under God's control and in God's time. The refining is not waiting for us to feel good about it. God's promise is sure, and it is good news. We will be reformed in God's image, and it will be good, no matter how we feel about it now. Hmm. No matter how we may be afraid now. When we are refined as God promises, it will be good. Hmm. All right, there's a little ouch in that. It is so like us to see how others need to be refined. It's easy for us to look at those around us and say, oh, God intends for you to be like silver and gold, and you're looking a little dull today. <laughs> if you're in any kind of relationship, how many times have you woken up and looked at your partner and said, oh, you're looking a little dull today? You could use some refining, and here's the refinement list. <laughs> Here is my expectation of you. When are you going to get with it? When are you going to get right? When are you going to speak the truth? When are you going to grow up? You are so immature. It's so easy for us to think of what everybody else needs not realizing that we are simply called to be the change that we want to see. Prophets have said that. The change grows from the inside. It grows from our relationship. Our call is to open ourselves to this refinement, knowing that God does have a great vision of us. And that vision is for us to be prophets of peace to make a difference in our world, to speak truth and love. Who is God in this? God is the refiner that helps us in that journey. And it is a journey. The word from Malachi, however, is not the final word. If you look at your gospel today from Luke, you will see that God is not only the refiner. God is also the one who remembers 
the God who says, you are not alone on this journey to fullness and life. I am with you. Just as Malachi is the Hebrew word for messenger, the one who offers the blessing in this gospel today is Zechariah. And Zechariah in the original language means God remembers. God never forgets. And in this blessing from the prophet Zechariah, we see that this God who remembers is a God who remembers God's holy covenant. The prophet here, Zechariah, in fact, is so excited about who God is that he offers this litany. God is the one who remembers God's holy covenant. God remembers to show mercy. God remembers to rescue God's covenant people from the enemy. God remembers to redeem God's people. Anytime you feel like you are forgotten, know that God remembers. You are never alone. You are not alone in the journey to show mercy and to make peace. God journeys with you every step of the way, every moment. Part of the power of prayer is drawing into this relationship and alignment with the one who always remembers. Zechariah offers this incredible word of praise. But then Zechariah offers an incredible promise. And the promise from Luke 1, 78 and 79 is this. God will bring the rising sun to visit us, to give light to those who live in fear and the shadow of death, and to guide our feet into the way of peace. The God who visits, the God who gives light, this is my promise to you. Those of you who have lived in fear will rise up with new courage and new strength. You will have the courage to be who God has created you to be in the world. You will have the courage to be compassionate people, offering yourselves and your hands to those seeking hope. God will guide your way into the way of peace. Oh, this is a promise, a promise for this season. And yet, how does this promise become a promise fulfilled? It's fulfilled when we become those prophets of peace. When we offer ourselves to those seeking presence and love and encouragement. God offers us exactly what we need when we need it. The right word at the right time. God refines us. God remembers us. And in that we have the courage to be who we're called to be. One of our greatest calls as a congregation is to be with people who during this season of peace have difficulty finding peace for whatever reason that might be. Just this week, my housemate's mother passed, and he is now on his way to Pennsylvania to be with uh, his family during this time. But I know this will be a very different Christmas for John on that journey. There are others during this season who perhaps have just received news that they have lost their job. They need to know that God remembers. But how will they know God remembers? Because we remember. Because someone here remembers and reaches out and offers that compassion. Bringing peace where there is grief or loneliness or isolation 
or hurt. I was privileged to be a part of a program called the Academy for Spiritual Formation. I was in Academy number 26, but through the years, there have been numbers who have graduated from the Academy. and Many of them have truly felt called to become messengers of peace in unique ways. And one of those who's a member of the Academy is Becca Stevens, and she has gone on to found a ministry in Nashville called Magdalene. It's a ministry that offers a place of reconciliation for those who have become a part of the justice system, uh, for those who have been convicted but are now released from prison and finding their way back into the fullness of life. And she, in her book Sanctuary, tells a powerful story about one called Peggy Sue. It's one who was very much in need of messengers of peace to surround her with love and presence. And this is part of the story that Becca Stevens tells about Peggy Sue. Peggy Sue died last week. Three years ago, Peggy Sue had been a baker. She became addicted to crack and after living between the streets and jail, was now dying from AIDS and syphilis under state custody at General Hospital. When I met her, she weighed 85 pounds and looked as if her body were bearing the sickness of the whole world. She knew scripture and would tell me about her life and then ask me, please take her home with me. When Peggy Sue died, she was in an amazing state of peace. She was in an amazing state of peace despite the sickness and the prison guards at her door. The state put her ashes in a cardboard box and gave us 15 minutes at a local funeral home with a boom box and a choice of songs. A wilting flower sat next to her ashes. A group of us gathered together, and as we began the first prayer, I thought, this has got to be the worst that life can offer, the most depressing funeral possible. God must be as far away as Pluto. But as I finished the prayer, I realized that all of us standing together were overcome with emotion. God's presence was filling the room. The room contained nothing else. As we continued to pray, I had a vision of Peggy Sue resting peacefully on Jesus' lap. He was holding her close because she had been hurting for so long. Prophets of peace, messengers. God will leave no one alone. At the saddest, most painful, bleakest, most difficult moment, God will enter unconditionally. The call is simply for us to offer God's presence at that moment. Peggy Sue did not die alone because there were prophets of peace, messengers of love who surrounded her. And I love that image that Becca Stevens offers. The vision of Jesus holding Peggy Sue in peace. And what came to me was this. Jesus was born in a manger, 
But at that moment, Jesus became the manger. He became the place where in the midst of death, life was born. Jesus became that place where warmth was offered. Jesus became that place of safety and protection. At that moment, the rising sun, the day spring, the dawn from on high truly broke through. As I look at this manger, I begin to see our call. We are called to provide that place. That place of comfort and warmth and love unconditionally. A place that does not judge but simply welcomes. Resurrection MCC, a place that simply says, okay, this is where your life is. This is where life has taken you. Come here. You're a part of us. This is a place of peace and grace. Oh, our scriptures today, we see who God is. God's the refiner. God's the one who remembers. But we see who we are. We become mangers for our world. Messengers of peace. Prophets of peace. May we simply grow and be who God is calling us to be. Amen.